to have you. The Bill Michaels Show continuing on. Starting another fresh hour. Good to have you. Um, I think most people, most Packers fans agree that uh, that 13th overall pick is the linchpin to all of this. Uh, my buddy Justin texted me. He said, my gut feeling is that the Jets' 13th pick is a must. So if they're only offering later round picks, then swapping picks 13th for the 15th is the bare minimum to go along with the later round picks for the seconds and thirds. I'm not okay with giving away Aaron Rodgers and letting the Jets be in control of how the draft falls for us. Whether it's the Jets taking a player that we were wanting or them trading the pick to the Vikings or the Bears, no, not happening. That's a good point. You know, if if uh, the, the Jets want to keep their first-round pick, that's fine, and we're going to swap. We'll be in control. We want the 13th, you take the 15th. Do that. And then later on down the road, we'll take uh, a second round and uh, pick and uh, maybe a pick later on down the road. It's a good point. So what happens if they do trade it away? Right? Uh, 877-867-1670. Our buddy Steve says, uh, what does your boy Ben think of, of, of the distance flight of golf, of, of the well, distance flight of baseballs, I think he means golf balls, and how Rory McIlroy is against it. I don't even know. I didn't even read that. Are they talking about restricting the flight of golf balls? And I did see something about Rory McIlroy, but I thought he was in support of uh, changing the distance on golf balls. Correct. I'm trying to okay. think of the best way to say this in a very short time, but the golfers are too long for the courses. Right. And how they were designed which makes for a inherently not entertaining golf product. So they're talking about at least the USGA, which controls the U.S. Open, and then they're going to get probably the Masters on board. A couple majors have have put into plan uh, in a couple years they will have new golf ball models that don't travel as far. But it's a, it's like a 4% clip. So instead of driving at 320, it's 305. And it affects everybody proportionally so that you'll see more longer shots, more shots where you actually have to navigate the ball to make mm-hmm. a better product. And Rory is actually in favor of it, he said today. A lot of players aren't because they're mouthpieces for the equipment companies who would hate it, right? Because they want right. the ball to go as far as possible. And Rory said, uh, yeah, I, I'm in favor of it. He understands the benefits that he would actually go play that ball on tour while the other normal balls out there to get used to it for the majors. That's where we the, are. Uh, the, I remember Aaron Hills when they set that course up. And that course, they can set that thing up for, I think, like 8,000 yards. I mean, they can make that course as long as long gets. But I remember they were pretty confident. They're like, this is going to be a tough course. This course, depending on the wind and the gullies and how long they can make it, this is going to be a tough course. And Brooks Kepka, I think it was 16 under. And they were, like, shocked that it was – that these guys were bombing it. And I, that back then, the USGA was talking about how the only courses that are going to be – remember when they, the old term was tiger-proof? They were going to tiger-proof courses. 
they were going to, you know, put in more trees and more bends and angles and such because Tiger at the time was hitting over 300 on a consistent basis, like 323 or something like that. And they were going to Tiger-proof courses. And I remember Freddie Couples saying, you know, look, a lot of us, we can hit irons and such really well, but we can't start out 40 yards behind Tiger on the consistent and win tournaments. And, you know, we've seen guys like Freddie Couples who are so technically good, but they can't compete because they can't, they're not big enough and strong enough to bomb the ball the way other players could at the time. And now Tiger, for, I mean, he doesn't bomb it the way he used to, but he can still hit a ball 300 yards. And now that's not even the norm. Norm is 323, 325, 350. You're seeing some of these guys with roll get 400 yards. And you're right. Uh, some of the, I mean, it used to be a, a good par four was 450 yards, and a par five was anything over 500 yards. And now it, it's, you know, those are like par threes to some of these guys. It's a, it's one long bomb, a pitch up, and a putt in. And it's, it's, and they're not that far off the green when they're pitching onto the green. So I, um, I have never been a huge fan of technology running the game. But that's with with everything that they're doing now, tech, you're right, technology has become the determining factor in the game when it comes to being able to bomb the golf ball. Um I it just I can only speak from my own uh, experience, but I played with a TaylorMade R7 for years when it first came out and it was a, it, it bombed. And then I watched guys that were as good as me or maybe a little bit less but they were out driving me by 50 and 60 yards. And I could hit a ball on the consistent 270, you know, sometimes over 300, sometimes 250. It just depends on your hit, you know. But finally it got to the point where I just thought I tried a buddy of mine's driver, and he was hitting a Callaway, and I hit this Callaway, and I mean it was a mash between the aerodynamics, the face of the club, the the mammothness of the club. I mean, it was a mash, and it was 325 easy, easy. And I'm like, okay, that's how much technology in the last 10 years has become that more efficient in hitting the golf ball. And I went out and immediately bought myself another club. Now, I didn't buy the Callaway. Uh, I bought a, a ping driver but just because I hit the ball so well with it. But, man, oh, man, it's just it's night and day because of technology. Wonder what these guys were doing with the wood heads, Ben. Remember the old wood heads? I do. On golf clubs? Yeah. Yeah. The old oversized wood head drivers. Wonder how wonder what they'd be hitting now. Because that was when they went from the uh the wood heads to the aluminum heads, that was it. That changed everything in the world of golf. That changed everything. It was no longer, you know, Jack and Arnie and and all that kind of stuff, you know, with Ben Hogan and it wasn't those guys anymore. It became small guys could start bombing the golf ball, and that changed everything. So, anyway, we went down a real rabbit hole there, so I apologize. But, uh, yeah, they are talking about uh, limiting the distance of golf balls and how far the golf ball will travel. Kind of like, um, and you're right, uh, James says, kind of like when they go to uh, softballs in softball. Uh, correct. Uh, when you play certain fields in softball years and years ago, uh, I played in a league that um, you were only allowed to have uh, one designated home run hitter because some of the teams we played on, just these guys could bomb softballs. So you played with a 
I think it was a red and blue dot softball. And the blue dot meant that it was a softer core and it didn't fly as far. And so with the guys that we had, the mashers that we had, it would limit the distance. And instead of hitting, you know, 340 yard or 350 foot shots out of all these ballparks, you were hitting 290 foot shots that were being caught on the warning track. So I think that's a direct analogy because if everybody played that softer softball that didn't travel as far, the people uh-huh. that hit it further would still have a clear advantage, right? Because they're, they're still right. better hitters. It's just instead of the ball going X distance so it's out of the park every time, it is now, say, in the field of play. Right. Which, let's say, you want to keep the ball in the field of play for the purpose right. of the analogy. So in, it's still in, actually rewarding the longer hitters probably more because they're better still at hitting the long correct. irons in. Correct. But it also keeps the course manageable. Because, like you said, it's not any you, – you can change the technology and tweak it, and that's fine. What you can't go and do is start building bigger courses everywhere. You know what I mean? The, the, or look the, at Augusta. Tw- go buy new land to make new tee boxes. Right. It makes it worse. Exactly. It makes the course it, worse. Exactly. Exactly. Because you can't go to these old historic courses and say, we're just going to buy up all the property around them and make them longer. Some of them, you're just out of land. And they don't want to play technical golf. They want to bomb it. So, which is, I mean, I know it's a stupid analogy, but I loved it when they played the the GMO, the old Greater Milwaukee Open, over at Brown Deer. Brown Deer wasn't a tough course. It was like, I don't know, 6,500 yards, say, something like that, 6,300. But you had to hit around the trees. The rough was three-plus inches. I mean, if, if you had a ball in the rough and you looked down, and you could finally find it, and then you turned away, grabbed your club, and looked down again, you couldn't find the, the golf ball. That's how thick the rough was. It became a real challenge if you weren't a technically good player. So while the GMO, yeah, they ended up at 15 and 20, 20 under par, but it was the guys that were technically good golfers that you appreciated that were winning that tournament. It wasn't just the bombers, because if you were bombing it, chances are you were putting it in the road. So you had to be a good golfer, not a big hitter. And there's a difference. And I, I used to enjoy that. I used to love going to the GMO and watching those guys work around that technical course. Because it was always funny. They would let the, the media play uh, the day, like three days before uh, the uh, the pros arrived. They, we played like the weekend or maybe the Friday before the tournament would begin. And we would play it while they're still building the stands and putting all the finishing touches. And you would play it and it would be like, wow, uh, you know, I hit an, I, yeah, I had an 82 or a 78 or a 94 or whatever. Uh, and then you'd watch them tear it up and just how they placed the ball. But that was more conducive to a guy that was a better technical player than it was a guy that was just a bomber. I remember what was it, the one in Seattle where Dustin Johnson won, and he hit a ball that hit the top of a hill and rolled, and it ended up being like a 480-yard drive. And I think like, Spieth won that. It was Chambers Bay. Was it Spieth? Chambers Bay, yes. Thank you very much. That was when I they lost Dustin... the Greens, which was an atrocity. Yes. yes, exactly. And I remember watching Dustin Johnson bomb one, and they ex- estimated that thing was uh, over 450 yards. And I'm like, this is stupid. This is just stupid. Uh, anyway, um, but that's that's our that's our golf moment, I guess. Well, Liv will have the old balls for nobody to go out and watch Bryson shoot a million. Right. Well, well, that's just it now. I mean, they're sending kids out with, uh, you know, scuba gear 
and buckets, and those are the balls they're going to use. Whatever's in the ponds, because they can't afford new balls anymore. That's rolled back. Do you know? Isn't? Do you know how many ahead. players Bryson beat in Tucson this weekend? Out of forty-eight. How many he beat? Meaning, how many he finished in a better position than out of forty-eight? Former top three player in the world. Uh, twenty. Three. Three. That's he stinks. It? He's horrible. Wow. And the three he finished so, ahead of were an amateur, uh, Brooks. I think it was Brooks Kepka's brother, and then some other throw-in. Well, that's the other thing too. Is it's like they went to the live tour, and they just became bad. You know, some of the I mean, because this is this was supposed to be the creme de la creme, high-paid players going over there. It's like they got the money and just packed it in. Just said, "How the hell with it." I don't need to work for it anymore. I've got all the money. But when you're out there on tour and your next payday is based upon what how well you play, it, it becomes drastically different. But, man, it's amazing how many guys went over to the live tour and just became bad, bad players. It's like the level of competition just went went to hell. And it's nothing's different. It's still hitting a golf ball. It's still picking your picking your shot. But they just became bad golfers, man, in so many different ways. Oof. Uh, 877-867-1670. That's our, that's our golf moment of the day. Yeah, I didn't. Did you think that the Live Tour would take a downturn this fast, Ben? Yes, I did. did see, I didn't because I kept thinking to myself, this, which is, this is fortified by the Saudi government, that I thought, well, there's an endless pot of money here. If anything, they're just going to outspend the PGA Tour, and and they're going to become relevant just because of money. And it it just it it's like the, it was a novelty. It was cool. They made a run at it, and now they're like, you know what? We don't even pay attention to this crap anymore. Maybe we should just move on. It's like it was a toy that they played with for a year, and now they're bored with it. And they're like, what do we? We built this. Now what do we do with it? Right. We don't want it, but we got we got to do something with it. Man, how bad? I mean, how bad does Greg Norman look at this point? Well, I mean, that's the whole reason I didn't think it would last very long. It's because it's run by complete idiots. They had a couple just, of real businessmen last year, and they all left. They're like, I'm not dealing with this crap. So they're run right. by people who have no idea how to actually run an operation. Therefore, no money back on the investment, obviously. The broadcast right. stinks. Their talent pool is, I mean, not not much to write home about. And then the golf product itself isn't very good. Now the players are realizing they're screwed, some of the top ones, who thought that they would still get into everything, and they probably want out because they're realizing two years when this folds, I'm done. I can't go play anywhere. So they're trying to weasel their way out. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, what do you do? I hate to see it. Uh, I don't hate to see it at all. I love it. Oh, I know. I I absolutely love it. I, I, I love the Phil Mickelsons of the world who were so outspoken and so anti-PGA and, you know, especially a guy like Sergio Garcia, who basically walked off the course with the middle finger stuck high in the air, screw you to everybody oh, that, that had anything to do with the PGA. I mean, you'll never hear his name again, short of maybe playing in what, the European Tour? Oh, the Fireballs won the team competition last week. Yeah. <laughs> now they're going to go to I mean, the Asian Tour. Yeah, I, I, they're, they're, he's not going to play in the, the PGA Tour anymore. 
and which means your sponsorship deal for whatever it is you have is pretty much gone. Any money you could have made or would have made on a consistent here is pretty much gone. It's just, you know, boy, it's, I just didn't think it would crash and burn this fast at this particular rate of speed. We all figured it would, but not not like this. Not in just not in just one season. 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up, do it. 877-867-1670. This uh, portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Love them. Love my Pella Windows and Doors. Love the, the spe- uh, specifically the patio door. And I've talked about it almost ad nauseum. I'm sorry to bore you, but I love this thing. I love the fact that it's kept the great room complete. 70 degrees all winter long. It hasn't fluctuated at all. Love that thing. Love it. And uh, it's made the house more economical. I've seen a, a return on my investment in that area, especially with gas prices going up so high, natural gas. And then when it comes to the summertime, it's going to be just the exact uh, the exact same thing. Only difference is it's going to keep the cool air in because that room's not even air conditioned. That room always lost a little bit of uh, cool because it's below ground. That room's always always lost cool air because of the heat that was given off by the uh, by the metal door. And that room, I'm looking forward to the summertime now because that'll be one of the coolest rooms in the house again. It's just that awesome. That's our friends at Pella Windows and Doors. They have great innovations like the roll screen, the hidden screen, slider windows. They can do uh, the exterior, the interior, different hardwares, different looks, everything from vinyl to wood. Whatever it is, something for everybody's budget, that's our friends at Pella. Go to P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com or call them at 855-PELLA-WI, 855-PELLA-WI. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back, Bill Michael Show. Continuing on. Hopefully you're enjoying your day, a uh, a good day. It's uh, it's not bad outside. I was just uh, ran outside real quick, uh, threw a couple of things in the garbage, came back in. Hey, um, by the way, speaking of not bad, uh, as a matter of fact, really, really good. Our friends at Every Plumbing and Heating, they are out there in uh, La Crosse and Trempolo and Monroe County, Vernon County, Jackson Counties, West Salem, Onalaska, Shelby, Holman. Uh, they have come on board because... They uh, they want to be a part of the motorcycle ride and one of our uh, one of our good sponsors. They were founded uh, speaking of veterans by a Korean War veteran Clayton Every back in 1969. They are a third generation plumbing and heating company. So if you're in that area, La Crosse and Trempolo, Monroe, Vernon, Jackson, go all the way through that. Um, they put the extra emphasis on their customers and their employees and on satisfaction. And uh, I'll tell you this, they uh, they are just good people. And uh, they're not only looking to hire, but uh, they're just kind of putting the word out that, hey, if you want to support a veteran started, founded company, and uh, you want to get a hold of them, go to 608-783-2803. 608-783-2803. That is every plumbing and heating out in the La Crosse area. And thanks to them for coming on board. Uh, and supporting veterans, supporting the mo- motorcycle ride for Fisher House, Wisconsin. We thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Good, good people. Um, the, uh, oh, uh, our buddy Gerard hit me up over on Twitter, said, uh, notice that the Jets' so-called football guys, media, 
are acting like Jets fans with their proposals on trades. That is, why can't you take them seriously? Uh, ask them the next time if they were a Green Bay Packer GM, what is fair, and we'll see what their answers actually are. Yeah, that's the that's the funny thing, is that they, if they were the GM of the Packers, sitting there with Aaron Rodgers, you can't imagine that they would say, oh, yeah, do whatever, we'll take a third. You know, you wouldn't do that, right? Wouldn't happen. But they feel like, you know, that uh, that that's what fair compensation is for for Aaron Rodgers. And it's it's kind of comical, actually. I think first they would ask for severance packages because they have to watch the Pat McAfee show. Correct. You know, throw something yeah. in the contract. Correct. A second, a third, and you can never speak in public. Right? Because now they're going to have to do everything we've been doing for a long, long time. Um, what is this? The New York Jets and the Packers reportedly continuing the talks, blah, blah, blah. But as Roger mentioned, the situa- situation clearly is in the uh, Packers' hands. Uh, oh, okay, this is just another story, Fox out of New York, saying that the backup plan now has become Matthew Stafford. Good luck with that. That That's, look, that's fine, but it's not Rodgers. Uh, you know, again, uh, you know, that, that that's that's a great backup plan. But that's all it is, is a backup plan. Because if he was that good, you would have gone after Matthew Stafford in the beginning. You would have said, you know what? It's come down to Stafford and Rodgers. And if we can't get Rodgers, then we'll get Stafford. And if we can't get Stafford, we'll get Rodgers. No, this is like we need some kind of a quarterback. We need somebody's hands under our center's ass. And we want a veteran. So let's see if we can't go get Matthew Stafford because the Rams don't want him. He's got the bad elbow. He, you know, he he was horrible last year. He played the good season and, and gets the kudos for it. He played the good season and won them a Super Bowl. That's great. But the defense was as integral, if not more so, than the offense with Matthew Stafford. And uh, that, uh, you know, that combination of Von Miller and Aaron Darnold, which was just detrimental, specifically to Cincinnati in the Super Bowl, because Cincinnati's offensive line sucks swamp water. But let's go get Matthew Stafford. We can do that. Go for that. I still bet you give up uh, at least a second-round pick or so for Matthew Stafford. Maybe a third, but I would I would bet you you're right in that ballpark. Bet you you're right there. Stafford, come on. Come on. If you go to Matthew Stafford, it's only because you've realized in the last two weeks that what the Packers fans and media and such have been dealing with now for three years, you just don't want any part of. And then what? And what, what happens if they go after Matthew Stafford? If they say, you know what? The Packers aren't coming off of their their demands. And, oh, the, the heck with it. We're not giving up that first-round draft choice. We're, we're going to move in a different different direction can you imagine then telling Jets fans yeah everybody else got put through our fingers and so we're going to go into Matthew Stafford and you bring him in with the bad elbow and then what how are you going to look to your fan base remember because you're you know Woody Johnson's words were we're all in 
we're all in. Well, you're not all in if you don't do this deal. Now, the Packers fans, they would probably look at it as, you know, some would say, I cannot believe you didn't get a first-round draft choice. You didn't take anything for them. Well, the Packers aren't going to give them away. They wanted a certain level of compensation. But at the at the very least, the Packers, after first, say, you want to play for us? We're going to restructure. Otherwise, we're going to uh, – you can retire. You were 90% there anyway, so what's the big deal? And if you do, we're going to do it after June 1st. We'll spread the money out. So worst-case scenario, the Packers get some salary cap relief. Best-case scenario, they get draft choices, and they move on with Jordan Love uh, with absolutely no ripples in the in, in the pond. All, unless Rodgers says, I want to come back. I want to play. So I'll just come play for you guys. And then he comes riding back in. Right? Didn't Matthew Stafford almost retire because of the elbow issue? Yeah. He's not like Rod Rodgers was just in a hole saying, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Where Stafford's like, uh, I, I can't pick up a fork and a knife. I might want to retire. Exactly. Yeah, you come to that fan base with Matthew Stafford in hand, that's not even a consolation prize. That's like we that's like putting your quarter in in that claw machine. And you got three tries. And you're like, I don't even need three tries. I'm going to take this. And the claw goes down. And there it is. Whatever whatever it happens to be. You know, whether it's whatever ginormous prize you're looking at. Say it's the top-of-the-line iPhone or some computer or or whatever. And it goes down and it's around that item. And there it is. And you're like, okay, I'm just going to do this really carefully. I've got it maneuvered. It's right there. All i got to do is just pull it up and, and bring it out. And you look at your friends, and you're like, I got it. I got it. Look at this. After spending 50 bucks on this machine, I got it. And you hit the button, it goes bloop, and it comes up with, like, it rips the head off of some craptastic beanie baby. And you don't even get the good beanie baby. You get the crappy beanie baby, and it just drops this headless thing in the hole. And you're like, what the hell is this? That would be Jets fans. That would be Jets fans. That would be. Uh-oh. Breaking news, Bill. According to Tom Pelissero, the New York Jets, speaking of Jets fans, have agreed to terms with wide receiver McCole Hardman from the Chiefs. Oh, there you go. It's McCole, not Hardman. The McCole Hardman on his way to the New York Jets. There you go. Another weapon. Another weapon for Aaron Rodgers. Lazard is going to block really well for him. There you go. There you go. Okay. Yep, Lazard's going to be downfield. He's going to be blocking for him. Uh, and then when they get Cobby in there, Cobby's going to coach him up. And it is going to be just this magnanimous love fest. I, I just, it's going to happen. I feel it in my bones. Ah, oh, boy. Are we going to become like really pessimistic anti Jets fans in this area now? Is that going to be like our mentality for a while? Uh, go to Gracie. Gracie says, uh, hey, unit, I am with you, man. I've got an anti-New York mentality at this point. Gracie, appreciate the email. Gracie. Gracie's anti-New York now. I'm not anti-New York. I like New York. 
Love Times Square. Got a good little Italian restaurant just off of Times Square called Bellinopoli. Love that place. Walking down the street, checking out Madden, Madison Square Garden. Go, love going there. You know, love the light, the bright lights and such. A little bit of shopping in that area. Some good foods. Broadway. You know, a lot of good stuff there. I'm not anti-New York. Love New York. Love my brethren there. But uh, but the mentality, yeah, well, yeah, I can I can do do without that for sure, no doubt. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show to get to. Our friends at Master Z's. Now, if you are looking for patio furniture, which this is this is the time of the year, they have got those giant, oversized uh, umbrellas. Now have uh, lighting in them, and you can get all kinds of stuff. They you got neons and. LEDs, and you can change colors now. And Oh, man, they're so cool. Uh, or if you're looking for just decor on your patio table, if you're looking for the Adirondack chairs, if you're looking for all of that stuff, it is all coming in in mass quantity with our friends at Master Z's. And for indoors, uh, not just patio furniture and umbrellas, but they've got pool tables, shuffleboard, bunch of table games, accessories, dartboards. They've got it all, and they've got top-quality stuff. People come from all over to go to Brookfield, Wisconsin, and Blue Mountain Road and check out our friends at Master Z's. Call them right now for in-store specials, 262-746-5931, 262-746-5931, or go right there to Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield, right there by uh, by, uh, by Best Buy, and you can't miss it. Master Z's, high-end quality, high-end stuff, and high-end fun and high-end satisfaction. That's what they give you. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back, Bucks postseason, Brewers regular season, anything about. Milwaukee Admirals postseason, concerts, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, head down to second in National and Walker's Point. That's our friends at Stenny's. They run the shuttle all the time. And uh, whether it's the best food you want to eat when it comes to a wings, the Bill Michaels garlic cheese bread, burgers and such, they've got it. Uh, good beverages always on tap. The award-winning Bloody Marys. Or maybe you just want to go down and uh, leave the driving to them. That's our friends at Stenny's. Second in National, Walker's Point. Uh, great stuff. Great stuff down there from our friends at Stenny's. And as they say, you should be here. Um, I got a couple of different things here real quick. Uh, uh, James says, I believe that Dalvin Cook is not with the Vikings anymore. Um, no, he is. He's been the uh, subject or at least rumored subject of the possibility of some trade talks. But he, I, I believe he still is. I believe he's still with the uh, with the Vikings as of right now. As of right now. Um, this is from uh, Jeff in Waukesha. It says, a great show listening to Florio and Sims, and they are like you get a third or forget it to New York. Uh, what a bunch of crap. Maybe we can only get a second and third this year, but perhaps a first next year based on performance. Don't know, but I see more breaking down in New York than in Green Bay. That's Jeff from Waukesha. Yeah, they were saying take uh, take a third and get out of here. <laughs> it's like, no, no. Packers aren't going to do that. Uh, they're not that stupid. Um, Chuck says, uh, listening to us in Dubuque, I appreciate your thoughts on Rodgers. And like you, 
I do believe he's a Jet when the dust all settles. There is so much going on behind closed doors that uh, many of us don't even know. It was exciting to hear that Jordan Love, Aaron Jones, Watson, and others are going to be getting together now to work out. I'm going to take that approach with a positive attitude and maximum effort any day of the week. It may be a mediocre year with Love under center uh, next year, but if uh, the kid is willing to bust his butt and his teammates rally around him, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for the first couple of years. And if at that point he isn't able to win or play consistently, then move on. But at least excited to see what he can do under the hood now. And that's our uh, that's our buddy Chuck listening to us in Dubuque, Iowa. 877-867-1670. You want to find us, do it. Um, the uh, Yeah, you know what? I was looking at this. Um, so with the Jets getting Hardman, McCall Hardman, uh, that means it's Wilson, Lazard, Hardman. They're all pretty much locks to be on the Jets roster. Um, is is there still even going to be room for Randall Cobb? And does Rodgers want him as a part of this? And you would assume... It then takes the Jets out of the running for the Odell Beckham Jr. sweepstakes. And most importantly, does that increase the odds that Moore or Mims or Davis come to Green Bay now, as uh, as put by Andy Herman of the Packet A podcast, come to Green Bay now in a trade deal for trade compensation? So there's a lot to that. Um. But again, is are these the are, is this the guy that are these the guys that you want in the deal? They might not even be on the team anyway. So do you take them in that sense? With the Jets signing of the wide receiver McCole Hardman? Good point. Uh eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Uh we got uh, we got anything good coming up in uh, what did we miss today, Ben? By the way? I would say so. That's probably a subjective measure. Okay. I'm excited for what did we miss? Some, uh, no doubt. Let's say this, a, a big hot seat. Someone's on the hot seat. Really? Yeah, a profession okay. that I, I think we all aspire to be at one point. Okay. Uh, do you want to cover the Washington Commanders' uh, newest potential bidder? Are we covering that in the... Uh... I was going to. I was going to play the okay. game of we try to pronounce his name. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's a a brutal name. <laughs> that's a brutal name. I'll give you that, no doubt. Um, I'm just trying to see what else we have here before we get uh, before we move on. Uh, this one's from Arlene and Richard. Hey, Bill, love the show. Looking at the draft, it seems to me that the value is really having a lot of bites at the apple. The Packers have needs in several spots. Getting 43, 74, and 207 with nothing next year would work. Trading back from 15 would have the Packers ending up with at least a late first, three seconds, and three thirds in this draft, ending up with seven pretty good players who would be better than two very good players. Um, I, I just, I'm so tired of just trading for, for draft picks, though. You know, just moving back, moving back, moving back. I want to if the Packers can get that 13th pick, which I, I, I don't know if they can or not, but I, I want a big defender and I want a weapon. I'm, I'm just greedy. You, you, you need a tight end. You need another wide out. 
You need a big body next to Kenny Clark. I'm greedy, man. I want those guys. I want I want first-round draft choices. That's what I want. I'm greedy as hell right now. I, I just I just do. I'm I'm greedy. I want it. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's maybe I am just greedy. Uh 877-867-1670. Hit us up. More of the Bill Michael Show. What did we miss next? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Final segment of the program before we get out of here today. And thanks to everybody for participating. We had a lot of good stuff. Um, the uh, By the way, our diehard Packer fan dude says, my speculation is that Jordan Love is going to be a better passer, but similar to Justin Fields. Uh, we need to build a team around him with a good defense and find somebody really good to throw along with the young guys that we have. Uh, the real question is what kind of an offense we're going to have inside the 20. The red zone offense is really my big question as to where the Packers are going to go, uh, where they're or really going to be good next year. Defensive line coaching in the red zone. And Jordan Love has the running ability is what I'm following closely next year. That's from Di- uh, Pack Attack and Die Hard Packer Dude. Um, I, I don't even know where to begin for next year. I'm just kind of hoping that they're entertaining and they're decent and such. Um, 877-867-1670. You got something to say, say it uh, with this last segment. But uh, what did we miss? Let's get to it. All right. I need to start with some controversy. Okay. It, it may or may not include me. Uh-oh. I, I saw some people on the live stream hit you up at the start of the show with this, and I'm, I'm glad we didn't get to it. So last night at the Oregon-Wisconsin NIT game on ESPNU, right behind the broadcasters when they went to the the duo shot with them two. Oh, the cheese curd dude? Was an Oregon fan holding a sign that said, cheese curds are overrated. Now, the funny part is he spelled overrated wrong. He had one R instead of two. So that's when everyone jumped on him and made the joke. I responded. I said the delivery was absolutely horrendous. You got to spell it right if you're going to take that shot. Oh, yeah. I don't know if the message is entirely false. Cheese curds are overrated. Um, it depends on first. It depends on what you what you're getting and what type of cheese curds. There's some curds that are good. Some are bad. That I'll admit. Um, but I go with the fried cheese curds and not the squeaky cheese curds. I agree, and I like them. I was more saying, and it's a personal preference thing. When I'm out at a restaurant, I'm never driven to order them. If someone right. else orders them, I'll have one. But oh, I never no, I'll order them. I want them. Yeah, I'm not y- all yeah. the way there. No, I'll order them. Absolutely. Uh, it's one of my go-tos. 
But just because they're fried and you get all that oil and everything, I've been trying to kind of stay away from it a little bit. But no, I'll order those things in a heartbeat. I don't have a problem with it. But I'm a fan of the bar fried cheese curds and not the squeaky cheese curds. I know people say like, oh, my God, you got to get the ones that squeak. It's like, nah, I just I've never been a fan of that. But fried ones, absolutely. And then there's some that do it better than others. The pre-packaged cheese curds that you just drop in the fryer and whatever. But the ones that are actually made that have the good, fluffy fry to them. Oh, I love those things. Love those things. Yeah, so I I said that last night and people were unhappy, which I understand. So I guess that's the explanation. Next, this story dropped. You mentioned it. Canadian billionaire... I'm going to see if I can get this right. It's not easy. Steve Apostolopoulos. 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 What a name. uh, Has become the newest bidder to buy the Washington Commander Stadium and training facility. And then also their team. He's a He got the tour today, didn't he? he? He got to go look at everything. I think so. He is a Canadian real estate mogul. Yes. So he got the uh, tour of everything that the commanders have to offer. And uh, he is, you know, one of the prospective buyers. But don't forget, Matt, didn't Magic Johnson just uh, jump into that with one of the ownership groups as well? Oh, I missed that. Yeah, I think Magic Johnson's now in one of the ownership groups that are possibly looking at buying the uh, the Washington commanders. Oh, yes. Yes, I see that. Well, you have Bezos yeah. out there. I don't know. Right. Hopefully it's someone competent. Uh, who's on the hot seat? So this came out, the, the MLB talking about the pitch clock and all the stuff they're going to tweak as they get into the season. It's nothing right. major, but they're just trying to make it efficient and have it not totally ruin the games, which I get. And one of the notes in the ESPN article says, quote, new standards will be enforced for bat boys and bat girls whose ability to quickly retrieve equipment will help efforts to speed up the game. The league will evaluate the performances of the bat boys and bat girls and could ask teams to replace them if it's considered substandard. Really? (laughs) That's what we're getting to? You can't put anybody in a booth to be able to cut down on this craptastic replay time, but you want to get rid of semi-slow bat boys and bat girls. This is why Rob Manfred is a horse's ass. Just is. I, I just, 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 what a rectal suppository. I'm wondering what it's going to do to the bat dogs that we see in the minors. Right? How are the dogs going to be affected by this? You're going to fire the dog? It's messed up. Just just terrible. Just terrible. That's something to monitor uh, if you're a bat boy and or bat girl out there. The last two kind of have to do with each other. Big tight end, Darnell Washington. Many darling. uh, Many want him in the first or second round for the Packers. He was visiting Uh Green Bay yesterday. And today, if you're wondering... Is Goody on the phones? Is he orchestrating this Rodgers trade? Probably not, because he is at the Ohio State Pro Day watching all the Buckeyes, including Stroud, Jackson Smith, Uh and Jigba. And a great quote that came out of that Pro Day from Jordan Reed of ESPN 
talked to an NFL scout that was there about Marvin Harrison Jr., their younger wide receiver. Right. And the scout said, quote, it's like window shopping at a Lamborghini dealership for the model that doesn't come out until next year. Yeah, he's uh, he's going to be one of the top wide receivers, hands down. He's incredible. But I, st- I still would love to see the Packers get Njigba. Absolutely. Oh, I agree. Njigba ran a 4-5 today, which everyone said was pretty pretty good, pretty expected. Well, he's he, he runs 4-5, but he's got this incredible closing speed and really good hands. Oh, he's quick. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That'll do it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Ben, you're in tomorrow and Friday. Yes. Is it you and Grant? Myself and Grant. Can't wait. You and Grant. Next two days. I'm going to be down in Illinois for a couple of things going on with uh, with Kristen's. Uh, with Kristen's. I've been dragging her all over the country, so I figured, you know what? Time for me to pay up a little bit for her, so I'm going to do that. So until we talk again, until I talk to you again on Monday, time for us to go. Have a go. Hoop. <laughs>